Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Uh, for all the, you know, MLB hysteria, uh, we're first weekend, I don't know when you're listening to this, we're recording this right now on the Sunday of the first weekend of uh, opening day, opening weekend, I suppose. Um, but we're here to talk about football. I have Jackson Powers with me to run through a quick little first round mock draft. Um, Jackson, how are you? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful. Been, been a good intro week to baseball. Dodgers, Dodgers are a cool one and one right now. It's been a pain to see Cody Bellinger at the plate, but I like what, what we have moving forward and I'm ready to talk some mock drafts. Yeah. We don't talk baseball. There's a reason you guys don't get Jackson on for baseball stuff. (laughs) Dodger fan, but yeah. Okay. So how this is going to work. It's pretty simple. We're doing mock draft, no trades. Jackson has the evens. I have, I have the odds. He has the odds. I have the evens. And yeah, that's it. Let's, let's get going. All right. Well, with the first pick of the 2022 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars are selecting Aiden Hutchinson defensive end out of Michigan. Now, in my opinion, I'm a little bit more of a Thibodeau guy just because I think that his ceiling is a lot higher. Um, But the two as prospects are very similar in terms of athletic score and production and all that. Uh, very, very similar tier of prospects. It's just that Thibodeau has had some pretty glaring character concerns, and I think that he is slipping down mocks. That seems to be the narrative right now. Uh, there's a lot of people who think he's going to go outside the top five and maybe outside the top ten. And at this point, I think Hutchinson is just as good of a prospect as Thibodeau, and I think right now he's kind of a lock to be pick number one. Uh, pick number two is where it starts to get a little bit dicey, so this is pretty easy for me. I'm going to mock Hutchinson as Pick number one in this draft. This is generally what I expected you to do, um, but okay. I'm still I'm still intrigued. I don't. The Lions are, the Lions are a fascinating team. They could go lots of different ways. Um, I could see them maybe dipping and taking their quarterback, but um, I'm not going to do that. With the second overall pick, the Detroit Lions are selecting. Drum roll, please. Can I have a drum roll? Thank you. Um, Trayvon Walker, edge from Georgia. This is one of those where it's just kind of the, you know, gut feeling. I like Kayvon more. I think I, you know, I take Kayvon before him, but uh, Trayvon Walker, big part of the menacing Georgia defense, I think. For as much as you might hear people, you know, groan about this, saying, oh, you know, Kayvon, Kayvon, Kayvon. Uh, Trayvon Walker is incredible as well. Um, And they're just, I, I don't know, the Lions are kind of a weird team to peg. This top Five, it's weird. There are a lot, a lot of edge rushers, a lot of offensive linemen. It's just kind of how it's all going to fit in. I don't think they do the, you, they go for the quarterback gamble. I just don't think it makes that much sense for them right now, but it's also the Lions, so you never know. Uh, but I have Trayvon Walker going number two. All right. At pick three, I have the Houston Texans selecting Evan Neal, offensive tackle out of Alabama. I really wanted to go Kyle Hamilton here, but at the end of the day, I do think Neal is a little bit better value for the Texans. He is, I think, six, seven, six, eight, 
330 pounds. He's a monster athletic freak, and he has the ceiling to be by far the best offensive tackle in this class. And at the end of the day, picking a safety within the top three picks, the value just isn't there. And like I said earlier, this league is a very narrative-based league when it comes to drafts. Uh, Hamilton had that slow 40 time, as many of you may know, and a lot of teams I think are going to overreact to that. We've seen that happen to a lot of guys in the past, where it was guy, my favorite player in the league right now, DK Metcalf, had a fantastic combine and at one point looked like maybe a top three to five pick. He had one bad agility score and plummeted all the way down to the very last pick in the second round. I think that that's going to happen with Hamilton here with his slow 40 time, uh, even though I think he very much has the potential to be a generational safety. At the end of the day, Neil is going to be that guy for the Texans, and that's who I have them grabbing at three. Yep. So now we're at pick number four, uh, my New York Jets. Uh, and with this pick, I have the New York Jets select. So I can't talk. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, edge from Oregon. This is something that personally I would love. And I think in this situation, it's a no-brainer. Um, after the way that they maneuvered in free agency, adding Lake and Tomlinson, uh, it sounds like they have at least some sort of faith that Mekhi Becton um, will be a starting tackle. Uh, I don't, it doesn't really make sense to me for them to take someone like Akima Kwanu. Uh, like, I don't, I don't really see the, you know, the fit for an offensive tackle there. Could always take Sauce Gardner, but the scheme that the Jets play, it's much more reliant on the front seven than uh, DBs. And yeah, I mean, I, I understand maybe some of these motor uh, concerns about Thibodeau, but the dude just absolutely balls in the number four to get a guy um, with this much talent. I, I don't see the Jets passing on Kayvon Thibodeau at four. I was really hoping he would fall to my Seahawks, but I really figured that that is the pick that you were going to make. Uh, anyways, at number five, uh, I have the New York Giants grabbing Iki Aquanu out of North Carolina State. Uh, this dude, along with Evan Neal, those are the only two that I could see an argument to be the best offensive lineman in this class. Aquanu is a more of a smaller, lighter guard than Neal. He's 6'4", 3'10", still a big dude, but um, he is angry on the run blocker. He's one of the best run blockers I've ever seen. He's very quick to just pancake a dude. I don't know how I feel about his footwork, and I think he has some other concerns. Um, but the Giants offensive line is in absolute shambles right now. I think by the end of last year, Andrew Thomas was their only NFL caliber starting offensive lineman. And I think considering that they have two top seven picks, one of these needs to be addressed on offensive line. And the Panthers are a serious risk to pull a Kwanu off the board at six. So I have the Giants reaching out to get him at five in order to help bolster that offensive line. Yep. So just to recap of the top five, we have Aiden Hutchinson, number one, to the Jaguars, Trayvon Walker to the Lions, Evan Neal to the Texans, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets, and Akima Kwanu to the Giants. Pick number six, uh, I'm with the Panthers, and this is an interesting spot. Um, Panthers certainly have a number of needs that they need to, you know, accommodate. There are a lot of different ways they could go. And if I was mocking for what I think they should do, they'd probably do something different. But my gut is telling me that they're taking a quarterback and it's not Malik Willis, it's Kenny Pickett. Um, it's not what I would do, but I just the chatter around them wanting a quarterback, it, it, make, it makes sense why you'd want a quarterback. I understand Sam Darnold's not, not all there. I, I love the guy, but not all there. Um, 
but I don't know. I just, I don't know if Kenny Pickett's the one I'd take. I don't know if I'd take him at six. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but ultimately look, he's a high floor guy. If nothing else, um, I think he can be a fine college quarterback um, or a fine pro quarterback. He was good in college. He, uh, he can be solid. I just don't think he's personally, I don't think he's worth that top 10 pick, but look, if, if you like your quarterback, you like your quarterback, you go and take him. Uh, so I haven't taken Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Jeremy. That is absolutely not the move I would make, but I do think that is what's going to happen. I'm very low on Pickett, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, I have the Giants again here at pick number seven, and I have them grabbing Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU. Stingley is as explosive of a cornerback prospect that I have ever seen. His ball skills are fantastic. He's a good tackler. His main concern is that he's very injury prone. He hasn't really played very much in the last two years, but I think if he stays healthy, then the Giants are getting, in my opinion, the best cornerback in this class, uh, and it's not relatively close. Uh, I think just his ability to make a play on the ball is some of the best that I've ever seen out of a prospect. I think Stingley is super underrated. He's my clear cornerback one, and the Giants definitely have a need on their secondary. Secondary, excuse me. They have James Bradbury, but there have been some pretty serious trade rumors. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get rid of him for a day two pick and then go up here, grab Stingley, save a little bit of money. And I think they're getting just as good of a cornerback here. So uh, I really like Stingley to the Giants at seven. Yep. Stingley to the Giants at seven. Uh, I'm with the Falcons at eight. And there are two players that I'm really thinking about. Um, lot, obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement for this Falcons team as they're currently constructed. Uh, Malik Willis is on the board. I, I could see that, but I'm I'm not going to do that. Um, with the eighth pick in the 2022 Redshirt Podcast draft, the Atlanta Falcons will be selecting Jermaine Johnson, edge from Florida State. Another one of these guys is a great edge class, um, not quite um, up with the likes of Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, but um, Johnson, really productive at Florida State. The, I mean, again, the Falcons are one of the teams where you really, for as much as you you might need to look at need, that they need everything for the most part in terms of building organizationally up. And I think at this spot, you, they could maybe take a receiver. They could take Malik Willis, but I think uh, I, I like Florida State's Jermaine Johnson here. As bad as I want my Seahawks to take Sauce Gardner, and I would love him because he's Pete Carroll's total prototype cornerback I would love him so much I have Seattle grabbing Charles Cross here at pick number nine um the only thing that's stopping me from giving Seattle sauce Gardner is that both of Seattle's offensive tackles are pending free agents Dwayne Brown and Brandon Shell from Jeremy's Jets uh and it's not necessarily 100% that either of them are going to be returning to the Seattle Seahawks uh Charlie Cross is I think on the same tier as Evan Neal and Ikea Kwanu. He's a fantastic pass blocker. He comes from an air raid offense. And I really think that he's going to mesh well with, with Pete Carroll and company. Um, and like I said, the only reason that I'm, I'm going him over cross is because of the current offensive line question mark that hangs over Seattle's head right now. So Charles cross to Seattle, I think makes the most sense here. Yep. So now I'm back at number 10 with the Jets. Um, I, in an ideal world, the Jets maybe aren't picking here. Maybe this is the Seahawks pick. DK Metcalf is a New York Jet. 
but we're not in that world and it's not going to happen as much as, you know, I can try to manifest it. Um, certainly some intriguing guys on the board for Sauce Gardner to still be there at 10. Kyle Hamilton's still there. It's intriguing, but this pick has to be a receiver. And uh, uh, with the 10th pick, the New York Jets select Garrett Wilson. I'm not certain that he's the one that they take. Um, the Jets are really weird. Like Joe Douglas is a very interesting general manager in the way that he does certain things. Um, Drake London would be would make sense given uh, he gives a level of size that the team doesn't currently really have. Um, Jamison Williams, I think a lot of people thought was the top receiver before his injury. He would make sense. Traylon Burks is the you know weird size and speed combination, which the Jets really like traits like that. But ultimately, um, I think they'll settle on Wilson. I think Wilson is a, you know, as as good of a receiver as you'll find in this class. Um, should be a really helpful piece for the other Wilson, Zach Wilson, as this offense improves. Uh, in a really ideal world, they're they're able to trade for a receiver, um, so, you know, with one of their later picks, so that they could use this pick on Sauce Gardner. But that's not the world that we are currently operating under. Now, at this point, Washington is sitting here at 11, and Kyle Hamilton has fallen, I think, a little bit too far. There's probably more glaring concerns on this commander's roster, um, but Kyle Hamilton is just too good to, to leave on the board at this point. I think Washington is going to peel him off here. Uh, like I said earlier, he is generational. His play recognition is absolutely fantastic. He can cover both sides of the field, run sideline to sideline extremely well, and kind of like Derek Stingley has a huge knack to just make a play on the ball. Um, I really think that Washington has holes that they could fill in other directions, like they're losing Eric Flowers at their right tackle position. I don't know how I feel about their linebacker core. Overall, I think that offensive line needs help. Um, but Kyle Hamilton at this point, the value is there, uh, and I think he's just too good to leave him on the draft board at 11. Yeah, um, so now we're at 12 with the Minnesota Vikings, and should he be here, I don't see any reason they wouldn't run this card uh, uh, run this card straight up. Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Uh, he been one of the best, if not just the best, cornerback in college football over the last couple of years. Um, I don't – this is a team that really just is in a very strange spot that is the Vikings – um, you know, there's, you know, they're not a team that needs a receiver where there could be a run on receivers here. Um, I just, I, I don't know. How, I think Gardner is the best player in that spot. Um, and yeah, they, they've struck out on a lot of their cornerback draft picks in the first round. I don't, I don't think they'll miss on this one. I think they got to take Gardner here. Uh, at pick 13, I have the Texans going in a similar direction, taking cornerback. Uh, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I think he plays a little bit more of an inside style cornerback. Uh, but at this point, the Texans are deep enough into their rebuild that they're really looking for pretty much any position. And at this point on the board, I think Trent McDuffie is the best player available. I'm not someone who values uh, a slot corner a ton, but um, when, when you're someone as polished as Trent McDuffie, and, and someone with as many holes as the Houston Texans, I think this marriage makes perfect sense. And so uh, Texans fans have absolutely no reason to feel any kind of remorse at picking him at 13. 
pick 14, the Baltimore Ravens were definitely a little sad that uh, Sauce Gardner and Trent McDuffie went off the board back-to-back picks. I think uh, they can maybe use a cornerback. But uh, with where we are, uh, we will be selecting Jordan Davis, defensive lineman from Georgia. Um, absolute freak of nature. Huge, athletic. He's, he's a beast. Um, he has... You know, in theory, is the total package. He definitely has room to improve to become a every down, you know, you know, game record in the NFL. But at this spot, I I don't know how you pass on Jordan Davis. They need help on the interior. I think it makes a ton of sense for them to take uh to take the Georgia product. Or the, I mean, they could go with the other interior defensive lineman from Georgia, Devonte Wyatt. But uh, I have them going Jordan Davis here. I definitely like that pick for Baltimore. Um, here at here at fifteen. Uh, Philly, I, I, they just went out last off season in the first round and grabbed Devonte Smith. And I think he's been a pretty solid piece for them, but I don't think that they're done in that wide receiver core. I think that they want to add a little bit of diversity in terms of play style there. And I think Jeremy's wide receiver one, Traylon Burks is going to fit that bill perfectly. Uh, he, he adds a little bit more size to this receiving core, which is something that I think Philly has kind of lacked for a long time. Uh, it feels like a lot of their wide receivers are pretty small, quick guys, and, and Devontae Smith, a little bit of an exception. He's kind of lanky and, and really doesn't have any muscle on him. And Traylon Burks is the absolute opposite of that. He's going to create separation deep. And Hertz has a pretty solid arm. I think that they're going to want him to stretch the field a little bit more this season. Uh, and I think Traylon Burks is going to make that a lot, a lot easier on him. Uh, so at 15, if he's still sitting on the board at this point, I think that this is a really great partnership between him and Philadelphia. Also, I'd like to specify, I'm not certain he's my wide receiver one, but I do like <laughs> Um, We're at pick 16 with the Saints. And uh, this, is, this is certainly an interesting spot. A lot of ways they could go. Um, I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to take Malik Willis at number 16 with the Saints. Jameis Winston, I personally, I, obviously coming off the ACL injury, it's concerning in general. I really like Jameis Winston. I thought he looked really good last year. I think he can be. Um, a serviceable franchise quarterback. But um, at 16, I think they'll see the traits of Malik Willis and say, you know, we let, let's take a chance on this guy. Um, he doesn't need to play immediately, hence we have Winston. Um, yeah, so I have Malik Willis, 16 to Nola. A little bit of a curveball there. A little bit of curveball. Um, yeah. Uh, a pick 17 with the Chargers. I'm going to select Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. I really like this Chargers offensive. I like four out of the five pieces on this Chargers offensive line. Storm Norton as a right tackle is absolutely horrible. That dude, that dude cannot play ball. Um, and I think that he's a big enough hole that you're going to need to spend your first rounder to fix him. I could understand if the Chargers go in a different direction. I've been mocking Jamison Williams to them a lot uh, because he adds a little bit of speed, which this wide receiving core doesn't really have but I think that right tackle is just a big enough hole that that is really where you have to cement it. And once you plug Bernard Raymond in there, uh, this offensive line is going to be fantastic. Obviously you've got Rashawn Slater on the left side and uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Their center, uh, Corey Lindsley, Corey Lindsley uh, was a second team all pro this season. Uh, and I think he's fantastic. This, this offensive line is going to be solid once storm Norton is out of there. And I think Bernard Raymond solves that problem. Yep. Okay. So now for the first time we, uh, we have it. So 
with the Giants, you had both of their picks. With the Jets, I had both of their picks. But here we swapped. So he took Traylon Burks with, with the Eagles. Now I'm up with the Eagles. And uh, interesting spot for sure. Um, I'm not – honestly, this one I'm, I got to think about. I'm not – I'm not sold. They have, you know, they have a fair amount of holes that they got to improve on. I'm gonna have them take. I'm gonna have them take cornerback Andrew Booth from Clemson. Um, I don't, I don't, I personally don't like Booth nearly as much as I like, you know, the other cornerbacks off the board. But um, I think they could use help in the secondary. It will make sense, um, for them to take Booth here. Although you could look at something like. Uh, interior offensive line, something like that. But um, I don't know. Kind of just, kind of just one of those where I don't, I don't feel great about it. But my gut kind of just says boot. A little bit of a curveball there again. I'm throwing uh, curveballs. I like it. I like it. Yeah, curve. you are. Um, at pick 19, uh, the Saints have obviously been going about a season and a half now without any real Michael Thomas play. I think he should be back this season, but uh, it's clear that injury concerns have kind of rattled him. And I think every other receiver around him is not a very competent target to throw to. So I have the Saints. I, I have the Saints. I think they're going to go out and grab Olave here. Um, he's going to add a little bit more diversity to this receiving core. Michael Thomas is sort of a slow, short route runner, but he's great after the catch. And Olave is kind of the opposite. He's going to be this speedy. He's also a good route runner, but um, he, he doesn't really create production after the catch. He's really fast, though, and that's what the Saints receiving core has been lacking for a really, really long time. Uh, could also see Jamison Williams here, uh, but I think that the Saints really like Olave, and I think that he's going to fit well with Jameis Winston, considering how much of a good deep threat that he is. You know, you have Michael Thomas, a slant boy, as some like to call him. You have him taking up the short side of the field. Olave is going to be wide open deep. And I really think that when those two guys are on the field, Jameis Winston is going to have a perfect opportunity to stretch the football. And, and the Saints offense is going to look a lot more explosive last than last year. Yep. Um, at 20, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I certainly think they'll go offensive line here and they have tons of options. There's uh, at the tackle spot, there's Trevor Penning. If you kick inside, you have, Canyon Green, Tyler Linderbaum, Zion Johnson. Um, I am going to have them take uh, the perennial best center in college football, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, you know what you're getting with him? I think he's good enough that he could go higher just in terms of uh, positional value and need. Um, I, don't th- I don't think he'll go higher, but I think it can make sense. They need to improve that offensive line. He's a plug-and-play kind of guy. Um, so yeah, Tyler Linderbaum. All right. Uh, Jeremy, I think that, that there is a couple guys that you and I have left on the board here a little bit too long. And one of them is Purdue's edge, George Karlaftis. I have him going to the Patriots to pick 21 edge is not a pick that I have them going consistently, but I think if Karlaftis makes it outside of the top 20, the Patriots have to grab him. Um, he's, he's not the fastest defensive lineman. But this dude's arms are crazy long. Uh, I, when I watch film on him, the first thing that I notice is how easily he will just bowl over an opposing tackle. Uh, it's it's almost like he's not very fast off the edge, but uh, an offensive lineman in his way doesn't necessarily slow him any slow him down at all. Uh, he's going to be the same speed whether there is a massive right tackle in front of him or not. 
Um, I think the Patriots need a little bit more explosiveness on this defensive line. They're in a little bit of a rebuild right now. A lot of people have them declining. Uh, and I think if Carl Laftis is on the board at this point, that is the hole that you have to fill if you're Bill Belichick. Yeah, I really like George Karloftis. Speaking of guys that this one's a little different because I think he could be on. I think both of these guys could be on the board, Karloftis and this guy. But in terms of his talent, um, I don't know how you don't scoop him up here with the Green Bay Packers. Selecting Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama. Um, I really do think that if he was healthy, he would be wide receiver one. He just he's he can stretch the field with his speed. He's he's elite with his footwork. He can do everything. Um, and I think for a Packers team that's losing their top guy, um, Aaron Rodgers' boy, um, Devontae Adams, they need – they got to take a receiver. It'd be, it'd be crazy if they really didn't take a receiver in the first round. They have a couple options here, obviously. Um, but I think Williams stretches the field and does the most in terms of uh, making, you know, making plays after the catch. So I have, uh, have Jamison Williams going to the Packers. All right. Arizona's on the board here at pick 23. I have them going with Devontae Wyatt, uh, defensive lineman out of Georgia. He was uh, Jordan Davis's counterpart. And the difference between the two, Jordan Davis obviously had a fantastic combine. He was probably probably the best combine of all time in terms of if we're not if we're going to uh, take position into account. I think Jordan Davis's combine was the best of all time. The reason I'm not as high on him is because he doesn't really show any versatility as a pass rusher. He's more of just a lockdown run stuffer, kind of like a Vince Wilfork type of guy. And, and I just don't think that the value is necessarily there. Um, but Devontae Wyatt's kind of the opposite. He's not necessarily this, this powerful run stopper. He's more of a guy who's going to beat you on the inside uh, in the passing game. He, he's kind of a... Uh, in interior pass rusher more more than a run stopper and that's why him and and Jordan Davis played so well as counterparts in college because they each kind of took opposing roles uh the Cardinals obviously they've got JJ Watt on the pass rush but they lost Chandler Jones and I think if you plug a guy into the inside uh Devontae Wyatt's gonna fill that hole I think that this this Cardinals defensive line is going to be uh just as scary as it was last year Cool. Um, so now I'm at 24. I have the Dallas Cowboys selection. And with the 24th pick, I'll be selecting uh, safety Dax Hill from Michigan. Um, Dax Hill is a highly touted guy out of high school, uh, out of Booker T. Washington, I believe, in Oklahoma. He's a speedy, rangy safety. Um, he's the kind of guy that's going to make you big plays with his speed and athleticism. It's off the charts. Um, and I think... I think for the Cowboys defense, which they already, you know, obviously have, you know, plenty of ball hawks and by plenty of ball hawks, I mean, one ball hawk that really just overshadows the rest of the other, uh, the rest of the team. I think, you know, getting even faster, more athletic, um, more talent in the secondary makes sense. So uh, yeah, Dax Hill. All right. Pick 25. Uh, I have the bills grabbing Drake London out of USC. He's my wide receiver too. And I always have him coming off the board, my top 10 during my mock drafts. Um, but, but at this point, Josh Allen has maybe the best arm in the league. It's pretty close between him and Mahomes. Um, and so he, he loves to throw it deep. Stefan Diggs is a good deep threat. He's not a great deep threat. He's more, he's more of an intermediate route runner. 
whereas Drake London is going to beat you vertically and he's going to create separation on any kind of go route or any post route. And I think that with Josh Allen having that availability to huck it up to him or even even just send him long and create more separation for Diggs to work after the catch, uh, I think this wide receiving core is going to be extremely explosive, especially when you take into the count, take into account the fact of how Gabriel Davis broke out towards the end of last season. So I think if uh, I, I usually don't have the bills going wide receiver, but if Drake London is on the board at this point, you have to peel him off. If you're the bills, just to, just to expand the field on offense. Yeah. Um, so now I'm at pick number 26 with the Tennessee Titans in this one to me is easy. It's Devin Lloyd. Um, I don't, I don't really care at this point, what team has this pick Devin Lloyd, in my opinion, is one of the top 10 best players in this draft. I don't care how old he is. Um, he watching him play in the pac 12, you know, for the past, it feels like it's been 10 years. He just is a play maker. He goes sideline to sideline. He makes plays in coverage. He makes plays against the run. He does everything you could ask of him. Uh, I have absolutely no doubt that as he comes into the league, he'll be an absolute game wrecker, um, make plays instantly. I think he'd be a great addition for the Titans defense. Um, I just, I, I, as for as much as I hated Devin Lloyd for his time at Utah, I just love him as a prospect. I think whatever team is getting him is getting possibly the best value in this draft. I, I really like that pick. What, what I've watched of him, he just has an elite ability to pick off the ball no matter where he is. Um, but at, at pick 27, uh, the Buccaneers are on the board. Uh, when you think of them last season, especially if you visualize that week one game against the Cowboys, it was the first game of the season, that Thursday night game. Um, the only real reason that the Cowboys were able to be in that game is because the Bucks secondary was extremely weak. And I think that they could not hang with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, Cedric Wilson and all them. And I think uh, at this point, Kyer Elam is still on the board. He's my cornerback three. I think he's better than McDuffie. I think he's better than Andrew Booth. I think he's better than Kyler Gordon, any of those guys. I think that he's, he's a pretty lanky prospect, um, but he has really good technique. He's a stout kind of player. Uh, and, and I really like him. I really like the value here at pick 27 because I think the Bucs could use him. And at this point, he's fallen below guys like McDuffie and Booth, who I think he's better than. Uh, so I think the Bucs are really going to like what they're getting out of him. So now we're at pick number 28. Um, I do have the Green Bay Packers second pick. Um, and this is an interesting spot. I think there are a lot of different ways that they could go. Um, I'm going to have them fill their edge um, need following uh, the departure of Zedarius Smith. And um, there are two ways that I could go with this. And I'm going to go with the bigger name, and that is uh, Michigan's David Ajabo. Coming off um, a brutal injury at his pro day, still super talented, um, high motor guy, really rose out of the ranks from nowhere after um, – an incredible season with Michigan last year. Uh, they don't need him to, I think where the Packers are, they don't need him to be a, you know, a superstar day one, but I think they can ease him in coming back from injury. And, you know, even if it's just in the beginning, using him in a rotational role, uh, I think it'll make a lot of sense uh, for the Packers to take David Ajabo, add him with, with Preston Smith, which is so weird that it's, 
the, the I don't know, just the concept of signing brothers and then now only having one's kind of funny to me. But all right, pick twenty nine. Kansas City's on the board, and um, uh, th- their defense looks weak right now. They're they're losing. They're most likely going to lose Honey Badger. They already lost Charvarius Ward to San Francisco, who I think is a super underrated cornerback, by the way. Uh, really, it looks like the only um, big name on their defense is Chris Jones. Uh, so I think they're, they're going to need to take receiver, obviously, to fill Tyreek Hill, but they have two back-to-back picks. So I'll delegate pick 30 to Jeremy, obviously. Uh, pick 29, I think they're going to go Arnold Abichetti out of Penn State. Uh, he's not the biggest name in the world, but this dude has raw raw talent he reminds me a lot of uh oh what's his name the dude that the ravens took last year odafe owe uh in which he the the physicality is there he might need a little bit more polishing on his technique uh this dude's mocked early to mid second round but i think that he has the potential to go first round and i think if the chiefs took him here he could just be a a raw factor on this defensive line uh something that they really haven't seen in a long time the, the Chiefs have had a couple experiments at defensive line that haven't really worked. Frank Clark being the main one. Uh, and I think I think Ebiketti shows a ton of promise coming off the edge. So at pick 29, I have the Chiefs filling the hole with, our, with Arnold Ebiketti. I always wondered at myself when teams have back-to-back picks, if, they, if there's a, a conscious decision between, like if they know that they're keeping both picks, there's a big decision between who you take first and who you take second. Like, I, I, I think like, I think they always just go the guy they like more first, just because like, what if someone comes in with this crazy offer for, for pick number 30? And I just, I just delegated pick 30 to you more because I didn't really know which receiver that I like the chiefs take. Actually, I do know. I like them taking Khalil Shakir, but I feel like, uh, to, to hide my bias, I, I think I'm going to let, I'll let you pick. The okay. Receiver. Well, you can let me pick and my pick for the chiefs is a receiver. It is not Khalil Shakir. Shout out him though. Um, it's actually North Dakota state's own Christian Watson. He's been a big riser in the draft process. Um, big frame. He, he's that, you know, size and speed combo that the NFL has been coveting. You know, I'd, I'd almost attribute it to, you know, the DK Metcalf factor, just guys that are big, that can run, um, that can do it all. And I think Christian Watson, he's just, he's been a huge riser in the draft process. There are other good receiver options, but none that I love um, the same. Jahan Dotson, I'm not, I don't love Jahan Dotson. I really like George Pickens, but I think coming off injury and some concerns, I don't, I don't know if he'd be the pick here. Um I just think in terms of options here, he's well-rounded, has the upside, and is a guy that when you pair him with Tyree, or not with Tyree Kill, when you replace Tyree Kill with him um, as one of Mahomes' top targets, I think that he's going to flourish pretty fast. Um, I like Christian Watson. I like him on the Kansas City Chiefs. Should have been Khalil Shakir, but, you know, to each his own. Um, I, I picked 31 here. Uh, it's it's pretty rare that you see a situation similar to to the Bengals in which uh, everything around them is at least good. It's at least good. You, quarterback, running back, pretty much everything except for one position group. And last year for the Bengals, it was their offensive line. The Bengals' offensive line was super lackluster. And typically when you see something like this, 
uh, a team the next offseason tends to go absolute overkill on on fixing that one issue. Um, and so I think with this that they're going to grab Trevor Penning here. I usually mock him er, late teens, early 20s, uh, just because I, I love Penning. He is he's massive, 6'7", 330. Uh, he had a perfect run blocking grade from PFF, 99.9 run blocking grade. Uh, the best we've ever seen out of college football. Um, this dude ran a sub 540 at his size and he can windmill dunk. The athleticism is there. I think Penning is a super underrated prospect and he's a right tackle. So the Bengals already signed Leo Collins, obviously. You plug him at the left and Penning at the right. This offensive line is going to look fantastic. And I think that it's a huge reason why I'm still so high on the Bengals because they went out so heavily and solved the one issue that was super glaring for them. And I think that they're going to do that even more during this first round of the draft. Yeah. And so with the last pick in the first round, it's the Detroit lions. No, they did not win the super bowl. Do not be fooled. Um, a lot of ways they could go with their first pick at, we had them going edge and here you, I, you know, I could go with the receiver, but like I was saying, I don't love any of the receivers here. Um, Besides, I love Khalil Shakir. I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't want him to go to the Lions, I guess. Oh, um, I'm going to have him go with the Georgia linebacker, Nicobe Dean. Um, he is, I think that he's, Devin Lloyd is much better than him, but Nicobe Dean, he's a talented linebacker, rangy. We saw what he did at Georgia. And ultimately for, you know, he has his shortcomings. He's not a perfect prospect. He's a little bit of a tweener. Um, but we saw what he did. He he was the he was the true leader of that Georgia defense, uh, and I I think the upside's there. I think he's a guy that if you can really get him to buy into that Dan Campbell mentality, um, you can get a really talented linebacker for, um, for a while out of him. So I uh, I have Nagobe Dean closing out the first round, and yeah, just I'll I'll do a quick run through of our picks. Uh, the first pick, Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from Michigan to the Jaguars. Number two pick, Detroit Lions select Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Uh, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, going to the Texans. Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from Oregon to the Jets. Uh, the other New York team, the Giants taking Akeem Aquanu from NC State. Carolina Panthers dipping in the quarterback pool, taking Kenny Pickett from Pitt. The Giants going to cornerback Derek Stanley from LSU. Falcons taking the edge, Jermaine Johnson. Seahawks take Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. The New York Jets select Garrett Wilson, receiver from Ohio State. Uh, the rangy safety, Kyle Hamilton, falls to the Washington Commanders. Vikings select Sauce Gardner, the cornerback. Houston Texans take Trent McDuffie. Baltimore Ravens take the interior defensive lineman, Jordan Davis. Uh, Arkansas's Traylon Burks winds up with the Eagles. The Saints select Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. Chargers select Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. The Eagles take Andrew Booth. The Saints select Chris Olave from Ohio State. Tyler Linderbaum, the Remington Award winner to the Pittsburgh Steelers. George Karloftis, the edge rusher to the New England Patriots. The Packers select Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama. Cardinals take Devontae Wyatt, the other interior defensive lineman from Georgia. Dallas Cowboys select Dax Hill, the safety from Michigan. 
Bills take the former basketball star Drake London, the wide receiver from USC. Titans take Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, take Kyrie Elam, cornerback from Florida. Packers take David Ajabo from Michigan. Chiefs take Arnon Ebiketti, uh, the edge rusher from Penn State. Then they follow that up by selecting Christian Watson, wide receiver from NDSU. The Cincinnati Bengals select Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. And with the Mr. Irrelevant pick of the first round, also known as pick number 32, the Detroit Lions select Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. Um, so those are the 32. As it comes out, what are our thoughts, Jackson? Uh, just some just some base thoughts on how this would turn out. Um, I, I like it. It, it. It's different, obviously, than what mine end up turning out to be. Uh, it's interesting. I, I would have thought that that Ritter fell somewhere in the first round. Uh, but, you know, I, I think all in all that this isn't – I'm liking what I'm looking at here. Yeah, the thing is, I, it, Ritter, it feels like there has been a lot of chatter about Ritter. I think that just the way it falls with a non-trained mock draft like yeah, this is yeah. – The first thing is with the Panthers, I, I we've heard a lot more about Pickett. And then when I took Malik Willis with the Saints at 16, you could argue Ritter there, but I just think in a vacuum, if I were to be gambling, I'm going to guess that teams are going to get, you know, especially a team like the Saints where they don't need him to be playing as fast as you have Jameis Winston. Um, I think they're going to gamble on the upside of Willis because I think most people can agree that in terms of upside um, and potential, obviously is, is, is a totally like those, terms are totally overused in terms of evaluating prospects and such, mm-hmm. but he, he just has the tools and the athleticism to have the highest upside of any quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. So I think there should in this draft, they're shooting for upside, but no, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If Desmond Ritter found his way into, uh, into this first round. Um, yeah. Okay. So obviously this is on the spot, but if you had to say, if you had to pick one, what is your favorite value pick from this uh, mock draft first round? Ooh. Um, Probably, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it a tie between two. I'm gonna say Kyle Hamilton at 11, uh, who I think is very worthy of a top three pick, and uh, Kyer Elam at 27. Like I said earlier, my cornerback three. I also like Devin Lloyd at 26. Uh, th- these last like five or six picks, I think all have great value here. Um, so it's hard to la- label it down to one. If I had to put it down to one, I'd probably say Hamilton at 11. But yeah. Yeah. Um, mine, I mean, mine, Devin Lloyd, you, but you, you could have guessed that I said that from mm-hmm. the moment. Um, I'm trying to think anything else. If you had, you know, I'll, I'll have you do this rank. So our top five in this went in this order is Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, Evan mm-hmm. Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Akima Kwanu. Um, if we narrow it down to those five, I want you to rank the likely or rank from one to five, the most likely that you expect the Jaguars to take number one being who you think they'll take number five to who you think is the least likely they'll take. Okay. Um, number one, obviously is Hutchinson. That's why I mocked him there. Number two, I think is Neil because obviously they got Cam Robinson back, but that offensive line isn't necessarily done. And I think before they franchise tagged Cam Robinson, uh neil was kind of the pretty consensus guy to go there number three i'm gonna say thibodeau because i think he's he's kind of like hutchinson just with a little bit higher of a ceiling a little bit more raw 
Number four, I'm going to say a Quanu. Uh, just because I, I think Neil is, I think Neil's probably a better prospect than him and, and has a little bit more of just that athletic upside. Um, and then number five, I'm going to say Trayvon Walker because I do not think at all that he is worthy of a top 10 pick. I think that kind of, kind of like I was saying earlier, that this is a narrative based league where uh, if some narrative spreads about a player fairly heavily, I think teams are going to overreact to it. Um, and like, even though I think Thibodeau is miles better of a prospect than Trayvon Walker, uh, teams could overreact to it. But I think in terms of, in terms of skill level, all four of these guys are a couple tiers ahead of Trayvon Walker. And that's why I have him at five. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that's wonderful. Do you have any, you know, I guess I've been already probably leading you on more than you needed, but, um, <laughs> anything, anything else that you want to, you want to add before we wrap this one up? Um, I just want to say that, that Kenny Pickett is not going to flourish as a Carolina pit. He's not going to flourish in the NFL point blank period. Yeah. I think he's a low end starter, high end back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy. He's, he's my quarterback five right now. I, and I really hate that he's being mocked within the top six. Who's your quarterback? Wait, let me guess who your quarterback one is. Okay. You're okay. kind of a, you're uh out of the box guy on certain things. And I think on this a little bit. Box, yeah. My guess for your quarterback one is Sam Howell. No, uh, I, I do. I am a Howell truther, but he's my quarterback three. My quarterback one is Desmond Ritter, actually, because I think I think he the athleticism is there. The arm is there. I think he's one of the more accurate quarterbacks in this class. And I think in terms of being able to read an offense uh, going through the motions, I think that he combines all of those acts, aspects the best out of any quarterback. Okay. Fair enough. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just about going to conclude this episode. As always, thank you guys for listening. Um, Jackson, I'll shout him out for him. J-Pow NFL on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, best TikTok there is in the land. Um, unless I say otherwise, which you can go to the comments. And if Jerry Schneid 14 disputes it, then, <laughs> then it's a bad TikTok. Um, then, of course, for us, you're listening to the Red Shirt Podcast on Spotify. Follow our Instagram at the.redshirt. That's where I'll post updates, uh, blog posts, podcasts, etc. Um, the Twitter at the Redshirt blog, which I, you know, sparingly lo- use. The blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wixsite.com. Um, expect a lot of NFL related stuff leading up to the draft. And yeah, um, that's going to conclude this episode of the Redshirt Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us.